0: How you guys doing this morning? You guys doing good? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. For all of you guys that are just showing up right now, you 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 just can't show up late to church anymore. That's that's kind of the deal. I'm, we're glad you're here, but here's the deal. You just never know what's going to happen in our services, and so we're mixing it up a little bit today, and uh, man, we're excited about what God is going to do. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, we began a brand new series last weekend called I Am. And we're we are talking about all things out of the book of Romans. We're going through and we're really diving into who God says we are. And before we dive into today, can everybody here in Parkland help me welcome everybody that's watching online and everybody at our Lighthouse Point location. Come on, let's give it up for them. We're so glad you guys are joining with us today. And, and I just want to say on the front end of this message, just Just an FYI, this is going to be a little bit different today. Uh, It's going to be probably a little bit heavier than it normally is in our church services, but I feel like that this is something that's, that's actually really, really necessary for us to talk about As believers and as people and and so I'm just kind of giving that disclaimer and if you weren't here last weekend we began this series and I want to encourage you to go back and watch online but we began this series because really out of out of something that's just been going on I've been watching our world get more and more chaotic crazier and crazier and crazier and in the midst of all of that chaos in the midst of all of that Craziness. I've, I've noticed that people are venturing further and further from truth. Truth has kind of become this relative thing where, where I have my truth and you have your truth. And, 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 and so everybody has their own version of truth. And I really believe that God sets the standard for truth. And I think as believers, we, we've got to get back to what is the standard that God has set for every single one of us. And, and really the goal of, of this next couple of weeks is really to establish some of the doctrines of our faith so that we actually know what we believe and what, where we stand. So that when we're in the midst of the chaos of this world, we're not, we're not seeking certainty. What we're looking for is we're looking for clarity and i believe that god has been very very clear on some things for every single one of us that we need to learn and we need to embrace in life and so what we're doing is we're going through the book of romans and we're we're bringing clarity not based on what jesus did because that's really described in the four gospels but we're we're going through and getting an understanding of what jesus did what that means for every single one of us and how we are to live moving forward because of what jesus did and so every week what we're doing is we're, we're taking on and we're going, hey, I'm going to take on a new attitude, I'm going to take on a new posture based on what Scripture says I am to be. And so we're discovering the theological ramifications of what Jesus did for every single one of us. And last weekend, we started out in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, which is kind of the theme of Romans, and we said, here was our declaration, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And, and I just want to let you know, it was incredible last weekend, we did something, we don't normally do. We had people stand at the end that said, you know what, I'm gonna give my life to Christ and I'm not going to be ashamed of the gospel. And in our Lighthouse Point location, we saw 13 people stand up and make that declaration. And then right here at our Parkland location, we saw 40 people stand up and make that declaration. 53 people, come on, we can do better than that. 53 people made a declaration. That Jesus is not just gonna be my savior, but he's gonna be my Lord. And so today we're gonna jump right into the text. If you have your Bible, you can open it up to Romans chapter one. If you don't have your Bible, you can grab those worship gods that were on your seat in Lighthouse Point or you received on the way in. Romans chapter one, starting in verse 20. It says, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. So that we are without excuse. And here's what I wanna talk to us today about. It's simply, I am finished with excuses. Man, I am finished with excuses and and Paul is telling us this because because of what Christ has done for each and every one of us we should be finished making excuses for how we're living and going you know what I'm not living for the way I used to live I'm now living for God and the way that he calls me to live and let's be honest we've all been prone to making excuses some of us are experts at making excuses because we want what we want when we want it how we want it come on somebody anybody with me there okay a couple people in the front couple rows in fact some of y'all have become experts at making excuses i i, I found some some pictures of of people that that were making excuses like like somebody's like man i they called their boss they go hey I, i'm running late because i'm stuck in traffic and then this is the tra-. no 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 that's not the right one but that one will work okay they're not paying attention back there here's their excuse <laughs> there it is here was the traffic it was you were stuck in line at starbucks kind of stole my thunder on the rest of them but that's okay <laughs> you're like what i think your friend calls you up hey you you want to go out tonight and you're like oh no i, I i've got plans and here's you no nope, no nope, wrong one Got a friend over and it's your cat. Cat people, we're praying for you. There's going to be deliverance after service today. How about this one? You, you tell your boss you're, 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 you, you can't get there in time. Sorry I'm late. I broke down on the way to work. Boss, is your car working fine now? And the person's like, car? Some of y'all, you'll get that later. You'll get it later, I promise. You're like, oh, I get it now. If you want to move forward in life, you've got to be finished making excuses and move towards the life that God has for you. Because I've learned you can make excuses or you can make progress, but you're probably not going to make both. Like there's going to be some limitation and and some of you guys that are out there, you're just stuck in life and the, the challenge for you is to move forward because there is something so much bigger that God has in store for your life. And so you've got to make a decision today that I am finished with excuses and I don't know what your excuse is, whether it's a spiritual thing, whether it's a health thing, whether it's a mental health thing, whether it's something you're lacking in your finances, I want you to be finished with the excuses today and pursue all that God has for your life. And I just I've just learned that you'll never step into your calling until you stop making excuses and start making some effort. And a lot of us, we're good at making excuses, but we're not very good at making effort because it didn't happen fast, it wasn't easy, and so therefore we just go, I'm just excuse after excuse after excuse, and Paul is saying, there is a life that you and I can live that is in Christ that is without excuse, and I want to challenge us that are christ followers in here that because of the good news of the gospel that we can no longer live with excuse after excuse after excuse of why we aren't living in the fullness of all that god has for us then there's another group of us that are in this room or watching online or right there in lighthouse point that you are following jesus maybe you grew up in church or Maybe you've been around it and some family member drags you here every week, but you're like, I, 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 I don't really want anything to do with this. And one day you're going to stand before God, and you're going to be judged on the information that you hear today. And you are going to be without excuse. And your excuses before a holy and just God of why you did not follow him. Are going to be meaningless we got to be done with excuses when it comes to the big things in our life I remember growing up my mom would always tell me TJ all of your excuses are equal they're all equal like here's what you need to do you need to suck it up you need to step up and you just need to do the work and so here's the deal if the gospel is real which it is and if Jesus did what He said He did it on the cross, which He did, then there is no excuse for any of us to live a life anything less than God's best for our life. And so I I just want to dive in today, and and I want to give us three reasons why we are finished with our excuses. Number one is this. We are finished with excuses because, number one, the anger of God is serious. The anger of God is serious. Romans chapter 1, verse 18, it says, The wrath of God is being revealed. And I'm going to show you today how it's being revealed in the Scriptures, but I'm also going to show you how it's being revealed in our world today and how we're experiencing every single day. From heaven against all the godless and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Now this is a serious subject. And I want your attention today because it's not popular to preach about the wrath and the anger and the judgment of God. Not a lot of sermons are being preached on this, are they? But it's very, very real. In fact, another way of saying wrath is anger, which is why i called it the anger of God. And God's anger is just as much a part of his character as love and grace and mercy and justice. And we love to talk about those things. But here's what I've learned. You can't just separate out the parts that you like and dismiss the parts that you don't like. And a lot of us, what we're doing is we're like, oh, we like parts of this book, but we don't like other parts. So we're, we're just going gonna to get rid of those, and we're just going to stand on these. Like, we don't get to pick God's nature. His nature is what his nature is. And here's what I know. You will never be able to understand how good the good news is if you don't understand how bad the bad news is. And like, so we have got to understand that there is some bad news, which is why we actually needed the good news. And we live in a day and an age where we just see God is loving and kind. And there is just another side of God that we have to look at. And we have to come to the reality that God actually has some anger. And our idea in our society that there is a God that actually judges people. To us today, it seems very intolerant. It seems very harsh, but it isn't intolerant, and it isn't harsh because it's part of his character. And I get questions all the time, like, like how can a loving God send people to hell? Like, why does God seem so angry in the Old Testament? Why does God, like, kill people and why we're venturing through romans and why it's so significant is because the good news of god's redemption is only good news because without the good news humans are under the bad news that god would actually judge us so let me tell you what paul does right here in scripture like a prosecuting attorney he, he builds a case over chapter one, chapter two, and chapter three of man's sin, his guilt, the consequences of sin until he finally gets in chapter three where he says, no one is righteous, not one. Like not a single one of us is righteous. Not a single one of us of our own power and ability is in right standing before God. And, and he makes a clear case that the only reasonable response to our sin is God's judgment. It's the reality and so when we say the anger of God or the wrath of God naturally what we do is we go to our human ideas of what that means because that's all that we think we think about it in humanistic terms and and we have to understand that God is not human so the way he looks at things is not the same way that you and I look at things When I think of anger, I'm thinking human anger is an emotional response that is irrational. It's uncontrolled. And it's cruel. And, and when you think about human anger, you think about that parent that lashed out at you. Or you think about that teacher that was cruel to you in class. Or you think about guy that guy that had row rage on 95. That's the natural way of thinking about human anger. But what we under, got to understand about God's anger is God's anger is righteous opposition to evil and those who choose it. Like, God is, is, is slow to anger. He's actually very calculated. He's very purposeful with his anger. And we have this idea that God loves everybody, and he does. But we think that God is just rainbows and butterflies and unicorns. And the reality is, is that there is an anger that is being poured out on our world for those that choose their own way and continue to live in sin. And we forget that our God's character is he is just and he is holy and when you say well that doesn't seem very loving that uh, uh, here's the best way I can describe it the opposite of anger isn't love many of us when we think well the opposite of anger is love but it's not the opposite of anger isn't love it's passivity It's neutrality you just do whatever you want to do it doesn't matter in the the opposite of love would be a passive indifference to what is happening and when it comes to evil and when it comes to sin God is not neutral like He is God. He can judge. He actually sets the standard. So while our culture may be passive and neutral on sin and lifestyle, God is not. He is very clear on what is evil and what is sin. Like, I'm just, again, not a fun subject, it's a little bit heavy. Like, God isn't walking around going, hey, you know what? You do you and I'll do me. You're good. You're fine. No, God, or God is like a, a parent that sees somebody mistreating their child. He's like, ah, oh, ain't nobody going to do that to my child. And he's going to buck up and he's going to rise up and he's going to go, no, no, no. You, you're going to be punished for what you did. And God's character demands that he does not stay passive to things that are destroying people's purpose that he had for them from the original intent. Like, God is holy and hostile towards sin and evil in our world. Look at how Paul breaks it down in verse 21. He says, For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God, nor gave thanks to Him. In fact, some people just think, well, oh, I can do whatever I want. It doesn't matter. He says, But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became And I'll just say this, the further you get away from God, the worse your thinking becomes. And they exchange the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal human beings, birds and animals and reptiles. He says, man, you're serving something in life. Every single one of us is serving something. You get to choose what you are serving. And here's what happens when you serve the wrong thing. Therefore, God gave them over to their sinful desires of their hearts, to sexual impurity for the degrading of, of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. So here's the breakdown this is the result when we do life our way doing it on our own god gives us over to those things so what is the anger or the wrath of god and i want you to get this the anger of god is when he gives you over to the way and then you start experiencing all the stuff in life that god never planned for you to experience and you look at your life and you go it's a mess I must be under a curse no not at all actually what it is is that you have the hand of God over your life and you go you know what I don't want to be under the protection of God I'm gonna step out and I'm gonna do my own thing and now you're under the covering of the dominion of this world and who rules this world Satan and your life my life sucks who's reigning over you is it you you think it's you but it's really something much stronger than you and so when you see people that are hurting and broken and destitute and just going to to crap you go man what's going on it's the anger of God they've removed themselves from God and God's going well I'm not Gonna just dive in and take over their life. I have to be invited in. And they've disinvited themselves from me. People ask me all the time, why, why is our world so rampant with sin? And, and and do you think God's judgment is coming down on our world at some point? I, I think God's judgment is already here on our world. Like it's the byproduct of us going, I'm gonna do it my way. We've taken the slogan of Burger King, have it your way. And it's easy to pass over this stuff, but it's important for us to know that this is the character of God. And I want you to know that every day you get a choice, and the choice is ours. We can live under the love of God, or we can live under the anger of God. Nobody gets to make that choice except for you. It's a big, big choice. And he's not going to sit back and be passive about our sin. There's actually a result to it. In fact, God's anger and judgment is shown. What happens is is we end up with deceived hearts. It's this place where we can't make right decisions or we have depraved minds where we start thinking things that are absolutely wild and they're false in life or we end up with unnatural desires and Paul gets way more in detail if you just keep on reading. He starts talking about sexuality. He starts talking about gender and and he he goes, man God just turns a nation over to themselves and they just start going buck wild. And eventually what happens is is there is this acceptance of sin. Not only do we think it's okay, but we're telling everybody else, "Oh, you're so brave." Oh, you you how much courage did it take out and we're celebrating sin. Not a popular subject right now. But we shouldn't be celebrating things that go directly against the Word of God. We are without excuse sitting and towing the line of what is acceptable and what is not. And I think that there needs to be a, a fear of the Lord to come back into Christians' lives. Like, we got to remember that he is a holy and just God. And there should be some reverence for the sacrifice that was made, for the price that was paid. And we should go, you know what, I don't, I don't want to toe up the line. In fact, I'm going to make the line way back here so I don't ever get to there. Because the anger of God is serious. And I love the fact that our God is Rich in mercy and slow to anger and compassionate and abounding in love. I love that part about God, but we can't throw out the fact that he is a jealous God. And anything that is taking his place ain't in the right place. And we can't think that when we put other things in his place that the blessing of God is going to be in our life. It simply does not Work. verse 32 it says although they knew god's righteous decree that those who do, do such things deserve death they not only continue to do these very things but they also approve of those who practice them like i'm just being serious church man like we we've we've got to we've got to run from evil and some of you guys you're playing with evil run from it stop the excuses Go, you know what, I'm finished with the excuses and I'm gonna choose this day who I am going to serve and will you surrender to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one that was willing to pay the ultimate price for your life on the cross of Calvary Church? Because he's got a better plan, a better life, a better outcome with him than you have on your own. Number two, we're finished with excuses because the creation of God is significant. Okay, it's going to get a little bit lighter now. Okay. Take a deep breath. Okay, good. Okay. So Paul puts these hand in hand. The anger of God and the creation of God. Look at what he says in verse 20. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. He's, he's going, hey, listen, people are without excuse, not just because the, the anger of God is serious, it's also because the, the reality is is that God has been trying to make Himself so clear to people over and over and over again. Like, He has been declaring Himself through nature, He's been declaring Himself through, through people he's been declaring himself through sunsets and parkland he's declaring himself everywhere and he's revealing himself in his creation in fact, if you start you start studying what's happening in, in like them looking in outer space and the things that they're seeing and as they're looking into a body, there's two things that I think are really, really cool. They're found in, in two things. One is in the smallest particle. Another one's in the, the glue that kind of holds you together. And so uh, about 10 years ago, they were looking at the stars through the Hubble telescope, and, and, and they were looking at the size of the universe. And I don't know if you get how big our universe is. but it's massive like the nearest star is like four light years away like how far is that light travels at a speed of one hundred and eighty-six thousand miles per second so that means the nearest star is about 24 trillion years away how many all know that's going to take a little bit of time to get there that's a long way away but it's just a speck in the distance of the universe and i want to i want to show you what our galaxy looks like here's our galaxy okay So it's pretty amazing. Like, it's a beautiful thing. You look up into the sky and you're like, wow, look at everything that God did. But as they were looking at this, the Hubble telescope was actually able to get a picture of the inside of that galaxy and look at what was in the center of the galaxy the cross. You mean in the center of the galaxy is God revealing himself to people saying the center of everything that you need was found on the cross? It's not just in our galaxy. It's not just that, that God is trying to reveal himself through our universe. He's trying to re- reveal himself through ourselves. Like there is this glue that is within every single one of us and it's a small protein molecule that's called laminin. And to understand this, you got to understand that there are between 10,000 and 60,000 of these proteins within every single one of our bodies that's structuring our body. And it's a cell adhesion protein that allows our our bodies. To do their job it's like the super glue that keeps everything together in fact here's a here's a physical picture of what lamamin actually looks like this is the cellular structure of what lamamin looks like what is it in the picture of it's in the picture of a cross now now they put this under under intense microscopes they they started looking at this and this here's an actual picture of Lamaman there in the dark it's it's the revelation of the cross And you think about it, from the highest skies of the universe to the deepest, most innermost parts of our body, God is trying to reveal himself to every single one of us. He cares enough to watch over us in the universe while working within us in our bodies. And he's revealing himself constantly to all of creation. So it's not just about his anger, it's about his creation. He's going, listen, you can see me everywhere you look. Here's what I know the creation declares that there is a creator all you got to do is look up at night and see how amazing and how great and how big our God is and then all you have to do is look within and see the intricacies of how God made us and Paul was saying like man we've we've got to be without excuse because he is big And he is real and he is powerful and he deserves our praise and he deserves our worship and he deserves our honor and he deserves our adoration. Here's the last one. The anger of God is serious. His creation is significant. And we are finished with excuses because the sacrifice of Jesus was sufficient. The sacrifice of Jesus was sufficient. He goes, he brings it back. On us, Romans chapter two, verse one. He says, "You therefore have no excuse." He's talking about you. He's talking about you. He said, "He's going. I listen. I don't. I don't care what your background is. I don't care what your upbringing was. I don't care what they did to you. I don't care how you sinned in the past. I don't care what is the backstory. You have no excuse. You who pass judgment on somebody else." For whatever you point out in judgment another, you are condemning yourselves because you who pass judgment do the same things. And he's going, listen, it's easy for us to look at everybody else and point out all their faults. Come on, let's be real. We're good at pointing fingers this day and age. But you know, for every finger you have pointed out, you got, you got three pointed back at you, right? He's saying, listen, don't pass judgment on everybody else. Don't be looking at other people's issues. Look at your issues come on we all got issues you got issues I got an issue I got more than one I got lots of them actually and if you don't know what your issue is that's your issue (laughs) continuing on in verse five and check out the language that Paul uses here he says but because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart and let me just say this that's some of you guys in here today got some stubbornness there's some unrepentance in your heart he says you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be revealed God will repay each person according to what they have done I don't know about you but that's a lot of pressure on each and every one of us I want you to notice those terms he's going man a lot of what we're experiencing in life is because of the consequences of our own disobedience to God. And what he's saying is, he's saying, because the sin was so great, the sacrifice has to be greater. John, can I have you come up and help me out here? Come on, John, run up here, run up here, run up here. Hustle, hustle, hustle. This is my brother from another mother, he's my twin. If you see him out there. It's good looking good looking single by the way single loves jesus <laughs> but here's what happens john john you're just going to stay right there what happens in life is that we all sin and sin is like a weight and so so john i'm just gonna put this you're gonna have to help me put this on you because i don't want to bust your face open okay, here we go. yeah yeah it's it's a weight. and and here's the thing when we sin we don't just like do it once we we do it Multiple times, don't we? And these are like 20 to 40 pound vests, just by the way. Oh so we don't just sin once, we sin twice. And all of a sudden, the weight of sin begins to to weigh us down. And, and, and we just continue. We go, you know what? I'm going to do life my way. It's my way or the highway. John, I'm glad you volunteered for this. <laughs> and like sin just continues. I think this one's actually heavier. This, sin just good, just good. continues. And, and we don't, we don't just... We don't just stay there, we, we, we continue to do it, and what happens is, is as we sin, this is a 70 pound kettlebell, I hope you're ready for this. What am I supposed to do oh, Just kettlebell? hold on to it, hold on to it. Grip strength, grip strength. <laughs> <sighs> what happens is, is we get weighed down. Just hold on there for a second, I okay? Some of us, this is how we are right now. We're weighed down. And here's what happens. You're overwhelmed. You don't feel like you can take another step. You don't feel like there's anywhere for you to go. In fact, you're, you feel like you're about to lose it all. Yeah, I'm working on it. And you're like John, and you're, you're, coming, you're trying to come up with excuses. Well, what, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. But but the Bible says that there are no excuses because there, all of us have sinned. Like this isn't just a John situation. This is in everybody's situation, and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. But here's what he says. He says all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. like He's saying, listen, I I know that there's all this stuff on you, but there is a way to redeem this life, that that you don't have to stay stuck in this, that there isn't just a problem, there's actually a solution to the problem. And the solution to your problem isn't what you could do, it's what Jesus has already done for you. And so what happens is Jesus comes and he says, hey, let me take this weight from you. Let me take this weight from you. Go ahead, start putting those on me. Come on, come on, John. He says, you know what? All that weight that's on you, I'm gonna take that weight on me. Go ahead and throw that one on. You can take the rest of them off and just put them on the ground. Okay. <laughs> He says, he I, I took it all, and here's what will happen. is, is I want to come and free you from the weight of this world, the sin of this world that so easily entangles us and holds us down. And it's time for some of us to stop going. You know what? I'm going to continue to make excuses for my sin, but I'm going to begin to go. I'm going to give them over to Jesus because here's what Jesus did. Jesus took what I deserved so that I could get what he deserved. And what Jesus want you to deserve is a life of freedom is a life that is free from the weight. John, you're good. You can go. You can go back to your seat. And and Jesus wants to step into your situation. And He wants to free you from the sins that are holding you back because there are no more excuses for us. We are finished with the excuses because we serve a God that is holy. We serve a God that is just. And I don't know what your past is, I don't know what you've done, but you can go. You know what? My God has taken it all. He's taking the weight of my anxiety. He'll take the weight of my fear he'll take the weight of my unbelief he'll take it all and he'll take it and he'll allow us to move forward into everything that he has for us so church today we need to be finished with the excuses so how do I live without excuse I've got to remember to take God's anger very seriously and I got to live in awe of God's creation And I've got to walk in the confidence of the sacrifice of Jesus because we aren't walking around defeated by our sin because the sacrifice of Jesus was sufficient for every single aspect of our sin. Would you guys bow your heads and pray? God, we're so thankful that your character, God, is not just full of love but it's full of grace and mercy but it's also full of anger and righteousness. So God I just pray right now for every person that they would begin to examine themselves. They'd begin to look inward and make a decision that I am finished with the excuses that have kept me living a life that is all that God wants me to live. and Maybe there's some people that are out there today that you've never made the most important decision that you could ever make and it's the decision to accept that the sacrifice of Jesus was sufficient for you. That you don't have to live any longer in the sins of this world. You don't have to live any longer in the ramifications of the anger of God. But you can actually experience the love of God that was poured out on humanity through the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago. Because of the life, death, and burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It says anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And just like we read, we all fall short of the glory of God. But God so loved us that He gave the greatest gift so that we could be reunited in relationship with Him. With every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe that's you out there today and you need to make that decision. It begins with a simple yet significant prayer of surrender. If that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you just slip your hand up at the count of three. One, two, three. Yes, I see hands going up. Thank you. Who else? Who else? Don't miss your moment. Yes, I see you. Thank you. If you just pray this prayer in your heart as I pray to Allah, I say, God, thank you for loving me right where I am, that you didn't leave me in my sin, but you sent a sacrifice that was sufficient for my sin through your son, Jesus. I ask you to forgive me of my past, change my present and secure my future. Come into my heart and take over my life. I surrender my will, I surrender my way, I love you. It is in Jesus' name that I pray. And everybody said, amen.